Avenger Monster screeched to a halt right in front of the boys. He'd never done that before. He had always approached them slowly so as not to scare them, but he startled them this time for sure. Boys, I need your help fast. He didn't even wait for the boys to grab onto his back, but scooped them up in his arms and shot off in the direction of Adventure Mountain. He left so fast that he didn't even realize he hadn't grabbed Theo. But Oliver whispered in his ear, which he was closer to than he had ever been. So Adventure Monster turned around and shot back, grabbed a confused Theo between two of his long claws, and took off again. The boys saw the usual blur. Before they knew it, they were where Adventure Monster was taking them. But it wasn't Adventure Mountain. The boys looked around them at giant trees in neat rows. They were bigger than the tall, tall pine trees where they lived and at the campgrounds where they camped with Mimi and Opa. But they weren't pine trees. They had leaves. Where are we, Adventure Monster? asked Oliver. Some kind of forest, said Levi. A forest for giants. The boys began looking around for any sign of giants. From what Adventure Monster said, they were even bigger than him. This is the land of the fruit dragons, Adventure Monster answered. He seemed a little out of breath. They'd never seen him that way before. So these are fruit trees, asked Spencer. Adventure Monster nodded. But they're so big, said Theo. The little peach tree in their yard was low enough that he could reach some of the fruit on the lowest branches. And he could easily climb it to get fruit that was higher up without being afraid at all. He looked up at the fruit tree closest to him and said, Wow. It made him dizzy thinking about trying to climb one of these trees. Well, you know how big the strawberries we picked were. The boys all nodded. Those were fruit dragon strawberry plants, you know. And I told you the peaches are as big around as your head. You gotta have a big tree to hold on to those. That made sense. But why are there no peaches? asked Knox. Yeah, said all the other boys, happy that the littlest of them had figured that out. Adventure Monster sighed. That's the problem. He bent down and picked up something between two of his claw tips. It looked like a tiny seed. The boy squinted to try to see what it was. What is it? asked Levi. It's a peach, said Adventure Monster. Oh no, said Spencer. What happened to it? It has to be an enchantment, replied Oliver. Adventure Monster nodded again. The evil wizard, he put a spell on the fruit dragon's fruit and made it all so tiny that no one can eat it, except maybe the birds. He dropped the tiny peach and shook his head sadly. How did he do it? asked Theo. We don't know, answered Adventure Monster. I brought you boys here to help us figure it out. The good wizard can help us reverse the enchantment, but he needs to know where it's coming from first. The boys all looked at each other, then back at Adventure Monster. How can we help? they asked him. Adventure Monster bent down so that he could look them in the face, which was quite an accomplishment for the big old furry monster. Boys, I believe in you. I need you to look for clues. Anything that seems out of place. We have to help the fruit dragons. They're good friends to all of us. The boys thought about how sad it would be if the fruit dragons couldn't keep producing their delicious, juicy, giant fruit. Then they thought how scary it would be if the fruit dragons went far away and were not there to help them fight off all the mean dragons. Dragons might even come to where they lived. The boys scattered out to look for clues. 
Oliver and Levi went one way. Spencer, Theo, and Knox went the other. Pretty soon, the three younger boys heard some chattering up in one of the trees. They looked up, way up, and saw some squirrels sitting on one of the lower branches, which still looked high enough to be on top of a mountain. Spencer got out his special binoculars, the ones he liked to use to look for his favorite blue butterflies, and he looked up at the squirrels. He said, oh, no. Then he passed the binoculars to Theo. He said, oh, no. Then he passed the binoculars to Knox. Instead of saying, oh, no, he said, poor little squirrel. All right, that's our first clue. Write it down, said Spencer. The boys all looked at each other. What's the matter? We can't write yet, answered Theo. Not been to school, said Knox. Spencer nodded. Yeah, I can't write yet either. Okay, remember, first clue, little squirrel getting picked on. How's that a clue, asked Theo. Spencer shrugged. Don't know, but it must be one. The boys all agreed and moved on, looking all around them for something else that stood out. Meanwhile, Levi and Oliver were crawling around down on the ground around one of the biggest fruit trees. They found plenty more tiny seed-like fruits, but not much else. They both had the magnifying glasses that had been in their Christmas stockings the year before. Suddenly, Levi cried, Oliver, come here. Oliver hurried over and put his magnifying glass down where Levi was looking, but he got his glass on top of Levi's, and it made everything look absolutely huge. And that's how they found it. Wow, that's a huge caterpillar, Oliver exclaimed. Levi looked up at him, then gently moved Oliver's magnifying glass to the side. Now, under only one magnifier, it didn't look quite so big. Have you ever seen one so ugly, asked Levi. He wasn't sure, but it almost looked like the caterpillar stuck his tongue out at him. Yeah, Oliver agreed. He usually agreed with Levi. Its skin is all wrinkled and folded. The caterpillar hurried as fast as its little legs could carry it until it disappeared into a hole near the roots of the tree. Oliver and Levi sat and watched the hole to see if the caterpillar would come back out. Before long, they saw a group of 15 or 20 crawl out and waddle over to what looked like a pile of sawdust not too far from the hole. They all walked right up to the sawdust and shook themselves. More of the brown dust came out of the wrinkles in their skin. Then they turned around and went back down into the hole. Not too long after, another group came out and did the same thing. Levi and Oliver looked at each other and nodded. They weren't sure what it meant, but it must be their first clue. They started to move on, but Oliver said, Wait a minute. He took a red string out of his pocket and had Levi help him tie it around the bottom of the tree. So we can find it again, he explained. Levi nodded his agreement. He usually agreed with Oliver, too. Boys! All five of the boys heard Adventure Monster's call and ran to him. Boys, he said again, as they reached him, breathing hard from running. What clues have you found? We found some strange caterpillars, said Levi, eager to share their detective work. They're fat and have lots of wrinkles, Oliver added, and they carry some kind of brown dust in the wrinkles, said Levi. Yeah, and they shake it out into piles near the bottoms of some of the trees. We marked ours with a red string, reported Oliver. Adventure Monster scratched his chin with one of his long claws. That's interesting. He looked at the younger three. What about you boys? We saw some squirrels fighting, said Spencer. It looked like they were picking on this little squirrel. They were standing on the branch by the trunk of the tree, and they wouldn't let him by, said Theo. 
Mm, what did the little squirrel look like? asked Adventure Monster. It had pointy ears and a yellow tail, said Knox. Yeah, its ears sort of looked like horns, agreed Spencer. At first I thought they were being mean to it, said Theo, but somehow it sort of looked like the mean one to me. His two companions nodded. Adventure Monster looked up into the trees, and to their surprise, he hooted like an owl. Soon a huge blue owl slowly flew down from the trees, stretching its long wings and barely flapping as it came. It hovered right in front of Adventure Monster, who whispered something to it the boys couldn't hear. Then suddenly it turned around and flew off with incredible speed. All right, boys, said Adventure Monster. You did great, just like I knew you would. Come on, let's hurry before it's too late. Adventure Monster turned and started through the trees. He wasn't running at super speed, but his long legs made it really hard for the little boys to keep up. They walked for what seemed like hours. Knox started getting tired, so Levi picked him up and put him on his shoulders, and that made him smile. They went through groves of different sizes and shapes of trees. But the one thing that was always the same was the tiny seed-sized fruit hanging on some of the branches and on the ground beneath the others. Their keen eyes also noticed little sawdust piles under some trees in each grove. As Adventure Monster got to the edge of the last grove, he stopped. Ahead was a clear space with large caves all around. Dragons of all different colors and sizes were going in and out of the caves, some carrying large bags that they seemed to be filling up in the caves and then carrying outside. I hope we're not too late, Adventure Monster exclaimed as he led the boys into the clearing. The dragons seemed to know him and nodded to him politely, but they seemed sad. Some gave curious looks to the little boys, who sometimes had to dodge a swinging dragon tail. Oliver got knocked over by one, but the dragon who owned it picked him back up and apologized sincerely. Adventure Monster walked up to a large pink dragon with green spots. He introduced her to the boys as the dragon who supervised the growing of watermelons. They're as big as cars, he exclaimed, apparently still in awe of the fruit dragon's sweet watermelons, even though he had eaten them for many years. The pink dragon smiled at his reaction, but the smile didn't last long. Don't tell me you're packing up to leave, Adventure Monster said to her. She nodded. There's no other choice. She seemed so sad that the boys felt like crying themselves. We have to find a place where we can grow our fruit. It's what we do. But we think we've uncovered what's causing this blight, Adventure Monster happily announced. When he said this, all of the fruit dragons within earshot stopped their work and turned toward Adventure Monster and the boys. Can you fix it? asked the watermelon dragon. Adventure Monster hesitated. Working on that. The dragon sighed and went back to work. Adventure Monster was trying to think of what to say next when a deep voice called to him from nearby. I'm afraid it's too late for that, thundered the voice, shaking the very rocks around them. Adventure Monster and the boys turned to face the biggest dragon the boys had ever seen. He seemed as tall as some of the fruit trees, and he looked to be as wide as the mouths of some of the caves. Most of his body was a beautiful shade of deep purple, but his chest was covered with scales of every imaginable color that sparkled even in the dim sunlight. The boys would have been inclined to run and hide if it hadn't have been for his eyes. Despite his terrifying appearance, 
He had the kindest eyes the boys had ever seen, except for their mother's. His eyes also looked deeply sad. King Eipel! Despite the sad circumstances all around them, the Adventure Monster couldn't help but smile at the sight of his old friend. Adventure Monster! The King of the Fruit Dragon smiled as he said the monster's name. Then he looked very seriously at the boys. And this must be the nice humans who gave you your new name. Adventure Monster nodded, then introduced the boys one by one from oldest to youngest. Knox especially smiled widely as Adventure Monster called his name. Not only are these humans nice, he said, but they are fabulous detectives. I think they figured out what's going on. King Eipel sighed. Well, I suppose it would be good to learn in case it happens again in our new home. Adventure Monster looked at the boys, urging them to share the clues they'd found with the king. We found some fat, wrinkled worms carrying brown dust and piling it up next to some of the trees, reported Levi and Oliver. They had no idea what it meant, but that was what they had seen. And, and we saw some squirrels fussing at a mean little squirrel with a yellow tail and pointy ears, said the younger three altogether. King Eipel nodded, then turned to Adventure Monster. Well, the worms are hoarder worms, explained the king. Hoarder worms, he said. What are they doing this far west? Adventure Monster looked at the boys. Hoarder worms live on the evil wizard's island. Some people think he made them from regular caterpillars. Other people think they were already what they are and he just enchanted them. Either way, they carry his enchanting dust wherever he wants to curse something. But they've never been seen this far from where they live, King Apple added. Not even close. You boys didn't touch that dust, did you? Asked Adventure Monster very seriously. Oliver and Levi assured him that they hadn't. Good. See that you don't, at least until we find out what it does. You don't know what it does? Asked King Apple. I thought you knew what was going on. We know he's enchanted the fruit, Adventure Monster answered, and we'll soon find out exactly how and what we can do about it. Well, I'm afraid nothing can be done in time for us to stay here, the king said sadly. We must plant new trees and fruit in the next few weeks, or we'll have nothing to eat over the winter. Some of us might not survive. We need fruit dragons, said Knox with great conviction. The old king smiled. We enjoy being friends of all kind creatures, too, he assured Knox. Then he turned back to Adventure Monster, his tone more serious. But how is the dust getting to the fruit to infect it? At least on the trees, I don't understand. That's where the yellow-tailed squirrels come in. The Dragon King's eyes went wide. The little traitors from the Deadwood, I might have known. Adventure Monster turned to the boys. The Deadwood was once a beautiful forest before the evil wizard cursed it. Now only mean creatures live there, poisonous snakes and big ugly spiders. The yellow-tailed squirrels have always been friendly with the evil wizard, too. So the other squirrels were trying to protect the trees, said Theo. Yes, answered Adventure Monster. All the nice animals that live near the fruit dragons try to help protect their fruit. And, of course, the dragons are generous to share fruit with them, like they are with all of us. If the squirrels have figured it out and are rallying to help us, then that's good news indeed, said the king. But I still fear we will have to move on to get away from this dreaded curse. 
Adventure Monster looked up into the sky as the shadow of wings fell across the clearing. We are about to find out. The big blue owl that Adventure Monster had spoken with earlier had returned. With him were a dozen or so of his friends. They were owls of many different sizes and colors. The blue owl came down to Adventure Monster and held out his claw. Adventure Monster took a piece of rolled up paper from him and thanked him. He opened it up and read it. Then he smiled. The good wizard says it's a drying enchantment. When the squirrels put the dust on the fruit, it removes all of the water and just leaves a tiny shriveled piece that looks like a seed. Everyone nodded. That sounded exactly right. Can anything be done? asked the king. One of the smaller owls flew down to the adventure monster and passed him a small bottle with a cork in it. The adventure monster held it out to King Eipel. The instructions say to pour a drop or two of this at the base of each tree, and the fruit will be back to normal in three days, maybe even less. He says it's his most powerful antidote ever. The king took the tiny bottle in his giant clawed hand and stared at it. This can't be enough for our thousands of trees. The adventure monster smiled. He knew the good wizard really well. I'm sure there's a lot more in that bottle than it seems. Just then, most of the other owls flew down with similar bottles in their claws. And he sent a few extra bottles so that you can doctor more than one tree at a time. The king smiled again. I will have to grow a very special pumpkin for that good wizard. I believe that's his favorite, isn't it? Adventure Monster nodded. The king had remembered. Come, all my captains, the king cried in such a loud voice that everything shook and the boys covered their ears. Apologies, friends, he said more quietly, but this is urgent. All of the captains of the fruit dragons, one of each color, gathered quickly and bowed before their king. He gave each of them a bottle and told them what to do. Some of them looked at the bottles doubtfully, but Adventure Monster assured them there would be enough and that they could keep the bottles in case they ever had to deal with such an enchantment again. The captains hurried to do their king's bidding as he told them to... Uh, fly off and doctor the trees. Others, he told to hold off their packing for at least a few days, and hopefully forever. I have one other concern, he told Adventure Monster. What's that, King Eipel? Will the worms and squirrels keep trying to spread their dust on our fruit? If so, we won't be able to do any other work except for pouring the antidote out onto our tree roots. Adventure Monster smiled. The last owl, a medium-sized green one, flew down and handed Adventure Monster a slightly larger bottle. Then Adventure Monster turned to Oliver and Levi. Let's find that red string, he said to them with a smile. Levi and Oliver happily led Adventure Monster, King Eipel, and a small company of fruit dragons, along with the three smaller boys, back toward where they had discovered their clue. This time the king invited Knox, along with Spencer and Theo, to ride on his back. This was a rare honor, even for the friendly king of the fruit dragons. In what seemed like no time, they were back in the grove where they had started. It didn't take the older boys long to find their tree with its bright red string still safely tied at the bottom. A small group of squirrels was there, too, as if they were guarding it. Adventure Monster spoke to them briefly and then thanked them. The yellow tails tried to chew through the string and take it away, he explained to the boys. The boys nodded, then also thanked the squirrels, who darted off happily chittering to one another. The boys pointed to the little pile of brown dust. All right, we need to find the hole where the worms were coming up, said Adventure Monster. 
The boys slid their fingers across the grass and through the leaves at the bottom of the tree. The hole was harder to find than the pile of dust. But suddenly a little hoarder worm poked his head out of the hole, and the boys alerted their friends that they had found it. As everyone gathered around, the little worm looked up and began to look worried. Then when he saw the fruit dragon king, he immediately shook out his dust and turned back into the hole to run away. One of the fruit dragons started to reach for him, but Adventure Monster told him to wait. He popped the cork off the bottle the green owl had given him, and then he smiled. This is a flood potion, or so I'm told. He put the open mouth of the bottle down into the hole and turned the bottle upside down. Suddenly, everyone heard what sounded like a loud waterfall nearby, and they saw a mound begin to form at the hole and follow a trail deep into the grove, moving outward away from the fruit dragon's land. Everyone immediately understood that the hoarder worms and their enchanting dust were being washed back to the evil wizard's island. That should teach them not to do his dirty work again, declared King Eipel. Everyone agreed. The peach dragon captain came to the tree where they were gathered and poured just a few drops at its roots. How is it holding out? asked the king. I've doctored at least 500 trees so far, and there's no sign that we're running short. Adventure Monster smiled at the king, who nodded and smiled in return. The trunk of the tree seemed to develop a healthy glow that went from bottom to top. After a few minutes, something hit Oliver on top of the head and bounced off. He looked down to find a normal-sized peach on the ground. He picked it up and took a bite. He smiled as the sweet juice ran down his chin. Delicious, he declared. He started to take another bite, then looked at everyone staring him down. He held it out a little reluctantly. Sorry, I'll share. Just then a rain of peaches fell to the ground. Adventure Monster and the boys each had several. The dragons were smiling, but didn't seem to be eating the peaches. A little small yet for us, King Eipel explained to the boys. But please, take as many as you can carry back home. The boys thanked him sincerely and gathered as many peaches as they could hold in their shirt tails. The king and the other fruit dragons walked them to the edge of their territory, thanking them for their help. Adventure Monster and the boys told them how glad they were that they wouldn't have to move far away. King Eipel assured the boys that they would be watching out for the humans and other kind creatures, and that the evil dragons and even the evil wizard would have a hard time getting to them. They also promised them as much fruit as they wanted, but warned them that it would still be a few days before it was ready. As they reached the boundary of the fruit dragon's lands, they said their goodbyes, promising to visit each other again soon. Adventure Monster gathered the boys up in his arms again. Their shirts were too full of peaches for them to hang on to his back. And with a quick warning, he took off back toward their home. The last thing they saw before everything got blurry was Adventure Monster's mountain, just to the left of the Fruit Dragon's territory. It made them happy to know that Adventure Monster had such good and powerful friends living close by. The boys said their goodbyes to Adventure Monster, and he promised to get them again for another tour of his caves. They told him they couldn't wait. They hurried in the house where their moms and dads were talking. They were surprised to see them pouring fresh peaches out onto the kitchen table out of their shirts. It's not peach season yet, one of their dads said. He picked up a peach and looked at it closely. I bet it's hard as a rock. He bit into it, and an expression of surprise lit up his face as the sweet juice ran down his chin. Oliver's mom looked at him and smiled. From the fruit dragons, I guess. Oliver nodded, and he smiled, too. Then the boys tossed the other three adults a peach, and they all 
dug in. Hiya, Mr. Monster.